1: Jay Harwood, thank you for the, coming on the latest edition of the amazing Mets to Love Mike podcast, and I'm really honored to have four participants in Mets history, and I don't think you guys have been together since June 1st, 2012. That was the day uh, Mr. Santana became the only pitcher in Mets history to pitch a no-hitter, 8 nothing over the Cardinals. Johan did something that day that Dwight Gooden, Tom Seaver, Jerry Kuzman, Nolan Ryan, David Coe didn't do. Uh, Next next up is, um, you know, Josh Toley, who was a catcher that night. And up until the night before, Josh didn't even know he was going to be in New York. He had a concussion, was in Buffalo, and just got there almost the day of the game. And Mr. Collins was uh, fortuitous enough to put him in the lineup. And um, then we called Mr., Mr. Mike Baxter, who in the seventh inning, you know, with his career, for lack of regard to injury, crashed into the wall, caught a line drive hit by Mr. Molina to save the locator. And last but not least, as a manager of the team, you know, Terry Collins, who I remember walking Terry to the press conference room after that. I know you were happy and thrilled, but how agonizing was it for you as the pitch count got up to 134 what to do?
0: Well, first of all, as, as I told Johan when the game was over, you know, he Starting in about the seventh inning, I went to him each inning and I said, how you doing? He said, I'm fine. I'll be fine. I don't, don't worry about it. I'm fine. And, and that's why I told him, I think, in the, you know, in, in the eighth inning, well, you're my hero, man, because, you know, I knew he was on the brink of history. Um, he deserved to be out there. But I also knew, Jay, the importance of him on our club and the history of his injury, coming back from that injury, and he fought back all the way. But I felt he deserved it. I felt he deserved it, and he he knew himself better than anybody how he was going to feel, um, and that's why I left him in the game. But you know, yeah, it was tough for me to sit there and just watch him build up the. <laughs> I wanted to do a couple of those one pitch outs, you know, <laughs> first, hit that change, hit the shortstop, do something. But God, when he'd throw a ball, I would just my heart would sink. And I, of course, I got Dan Worth standing next to me. Yeah, I can hear Dan mumbling, "Oh my God, he's yeah, his pitch count's getting up there," but it, it was. It was really tough, but I was so proud of him. And, you know, and again, I look back now and as, as tough as it was for me to watch and, and you know, especially when the game was over, I've now come to live with it and said, hey, you know what? I did the right thing. I did let this guy go out there. He deserved to be out there. He deserved the pitch to no hitter. And I'm really, really happy that it, that it came through. And, you know, he's a he's a big part of history there. Yo, was there any point in the game
1: where you thought you might have to come out or were you know where you were coming out?
2: At that point, I wasn't even thinking about anything. You know, I think uh, to the point of what Terry just said, you know, as a as a player, uh, you always want to accomplish something special. As a manager, you definitely want to accomplish something special. But I believe by the fifth inning, you know, Terry was desperate for me to give up a hit. So he had excuse to take me out of the <laughs> out of the game. Because, you know, because the, the thing was coming back from surgery, there's a lot of things you you go through. You know, pitch count is is one of them. You have to make sure. Every single pitch, it's, 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 it's uh, well-documented or, or, or whatever you want to call it. But when you're competing and when you're in the situation that, uh, that, that we were in, uh, you don't think about those things. I never, in my mind, think about, you know, like, it's five and die or 100 pitches or 80 pitches or 75 pitches. This is not spring training. We're here to play. We're here to win. And that's the approach I had every time I took them out.
1: Josh, did you think it was going to be a special night, I mean, in the early innings of the game? What were your thoughts on how Johan was throwing, and, and as the game progressed, what were your thoughts?
3: It's a good question, Jay. Early in the bullpen, when we were first warming up for the, to, to come into the game, I wasn't sure we were going to get out of the third inning. And then uh, once we got about into the fifth inning, you, didn't, you don't even pay attention uh, as if there's um, a no-hitter going. And then all of a sudden in the sixth inning, it really dawned on me, and uh, at that moment, I, I figured uh, we definitely had a shot for something special, uh, again, as long as we uh, kept the pitch
1: count down. Mike, from you playing left field at the time, what were your thoughts as the game progressed? Did you look at the scoreboard, you, you know, be a battle leader that game? Did you think it was going to be a special night? And how did you look how Yo was throwing? Felt well, like a
4: normal game for a long part, you know, because there was some traffic, mm-hmm. it, you know, and like Josh and, and Yo were talking about it, I don't think it was uh, – you know, it wasn't super clean early. There was some walks, there was base runners. So you kind of had a normal rhythm of a game. And then, you know, like we've all been parts of, of no hitters or, or, you know, games that have no hitter potential. And I think you look up in the sixth and the seventh, you feel the buzz of the crowd and you do identify like, uh, yeah, something is happening here. And that's what I would say. I, you know, as we got deeper into that game, you could feel City Field kind of come alive. And it was almost like the secret. Nobody wanted to say it, you know, but everybody felt it.
1: You, you know, you were aware you got late in the game and no, I mean, you, you were the Mets never, never had a no hitter and you were verge. How Did you think about it a lot or you know, what were you thought you got to like the seventh, eighth inning? No, not
2: at all. Like Mike said, you know, in the beginning of the game, it was just another game. You know, uh, I gave up some, uh, some walks and stuff and then you still have base runners and then there's a lot of things you have to do in the game. But I think as the game was progressing, you know, you get to the sixth inning, and that's when you you start seeing around the dugout, everybody start walking away from you. They don't want to be close to you. And then you're like, oh, whatever. You know, that was the kind of approach that I had. Uh, to me, it was, it is what it is. You know, things happen for a reason. So it happened uh, to be that that night. But as the game was going uh, deeper in the game, you know, that's when you start realizing, you know, and then now you go one hitter at a time. Because you knew at that point, if you if you give up one hit, it's over. I knew that from from from, from every single at bat that I took from the sixteen on. So uh I just took one 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 pitch at a time hoping that uh that uh you know they put the ball in play, my my teammates
1: will make a play, and that's actually how everything ended up. Terry, did you speak to Josh and Dan a lot during the game to get a feel or did you kind of leave on alone? Do you remember you know, did you have a lot of talks with Josh? How's he throwing or What's your philosophy during
0: the game? I don't know if I said much to Josh. I mean, Dan and I talked throughout the game. And, you know, in about the fifth or sixth inning, I you know, I asked Dan, I said, what do you think? He said, you got to let him, you got to leave him alone. So when he came in off the off the field in the seven things, it was probably the first time I went and said, hey, how you feeling? Because if he said, hey, yeah, I'm starting to get tired, he was out. No hit or not. Because, you know, I, I knew, again, I knew how important he is for the ball club. I did not, was not going to get this guy hurt. And so and he when I went down to him and said, you know, how you doing? He said, I'm fine. And then in the eighth innings, that's when he said, Terry, I'm fine. I'll be okay. Just, you know, I'll, I'll let you know. So, yeah. And I, and I will tell you, uh, it, either I wanted fast outs or I wanted somebody to get a hit. Cause I just knew, you know, I knew that, that you know, this is, was, I'm was putting a lot of strain on this guy. What were your thoughts guys when, when he, when Johan walked
1: for Cal in the eighth inning, being behind the plate, trying to navigate this with, uh, especially
3: deep in the game of, understanding we had still, we had minimum pitches to work with. I mean, they're not going to, Terry's not going to let them out there for 150. There was a little wiggle room to uh, when you fall behind two Oh three Oh, just to kind of move the, move the line to the next hitter and uh, try to get a double play with uh, with that. That was my thought. Uh, That was my thought behind the plate.
2: When you get to those kind of situations, uh, you know, they're desperate to to get a hit to to swing. So they're going to swing. The question is, what kind of pitch will you throw to them? So to me, at that point, uh, my fastball and my changeup was kind of at the same speed, uh, right? Uh, so <laughs> I was like, hey, listen. So every single pitch that I threw, I threw confidence more than trying to make a perfect pitch or anything. Because it was not, I mean, I knew I didn't have my best stuff, not only that night, but at that particular time. So it was ho- I was just hoping for them to put the ball in play, get out of this inning quick, and then and move to the next one. And that's exactly how it worked out
1: even though I throw a lot of pitches. Mike, let's go to seventh inning. One at in the seventh inning, when uh, Molina hits the ball to you in left field, what would, do you remember what you were thinking as you saw the ball come to you? Did you think you had a chance? Or, you know, what was your feeling as you went towards the wall?
4: Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a ball that should be caught, um, you know, off the bat. I think you're out there enough. You kind of get an idea of balls that are catchable, not catchable, and routine, and, I wouldn't say it was necessarily routine, but I definitely think it's a ball that needs to be caught uh, in that league, you know, and then um, obviously just go after it. And and in my case, I just, uh, I kind of stumbled at the end of it. And, you know, I think anytime you're in a game, you want to make a play. I think that gets magnified, especially in those settings. And like I said earlier, I think, you know, as a group, as a team, you know, one thing too, it hasn't come up yet, but. It was a really kind of fun time with our group of guys. If you look back at the beginning of that season and the trend that we were on, um, there was a great kind of rhythm and, and, you know, we were kind of, we were playing some good ball, man. And, and I think this was one of those moments where it, it really fit what was going on uh, within the group. And, you know, when you get a chance to, to be part of a hitter, of course, you know, I think everybody's saying, I'm going to make the play. I want the ball. I want to make a play, but on that specific ball, you know, that it was a ball that should be caught. I just kind of got tripped up. Well.
1: I mean, it was, it was a hell of a play. Uh, Johan, uh, Josh, and Terry, what was your reaction when you saw Mike crumple to the ground? You know, I'm okay. You know, I mean, the, the, the no-hitter whispers. What did you feel when you saw Mike hit the ground?
2: Well, I, I, I tell you one thing uh, from the, from the mound. You know, that lifted me up because he made a great play, and I was like, maybe we have a chance. You know, to do something special. But at the same time. Uh, I feel bad because I didn't know what kind of uh, uh, injuries he, he was he was having at the time, and then they have to take him out of the field. So I always worry, worry about it, and, and at the same time, I took that as a motivation to to to, to step up and, and try to finish and, and make it up for him too. Because he, even though it was it was um, um, an unbelievable play, uh, you know, overall for that situation. So, so to me, that was very important, and, and I was like, I have to step up, and I'm going to finish it. I have to do this for my teammates, because at the end of the day, you know, it was a team effort. And then, and then every single one of us deserved a lot of credit, because we did it together. It's not just me having the best day of my life, because it wasn't like that. I think every single one of us had
1: a lot to do with it. Josh, you tell me, what did you think when you saw Mikey the ground?
0: Well, you know, first of all, he was, he's, he was, was, what happened to him? That's why we had, hey, we got, I thought every no hitter, there's somebody, somebody comes up big. And that was a big, huge, huge play. But I also knew that that wall was cement behind him. And when he hit that, going as hard as he was going, that he was going to get hurt. And, and I, when I got out there, I mean, he was, but, to hold on to the ball after he hit the wall was, I thought, geez, you know, what an amazing play. And certainly, you know, Johan, I, I've seen the the clips later. I mean, hands went up in the air and, you know, celebrating it. And so, you know, that's for me, that was, you know, Mike, Mike had a huge, huge part of that. No hitter. Cause that's, that was a tough ball, tough play. And as we all know, you know, with that, when you know that wall is coming, you know, the, only the brave are, are going to go after it. And Mike went after it and made a great play. How about you, Josh?
3: Yeah, yeah, I, um, I I echo the same thing. Um, he, I knew he hit the wall hard from behind home plate, and then uh, watching him kind of walk off and his arm kind of not in the sling, but um, Ray Ramirez holding his arm, it uh, it definitely um, it it hit home a little bit. And kind of what Johan said is, and Terry is everybody makes a great play in these no hitters. I mean, you just see it night after night when they do it. And uh, that, that was kind of the, that was the pivotal uh, moment for us, I think as a group to to finish it up
1: for, uh, for Mike. Mike, you know, at that point in your career, you Mets claimed you went for the Padres, your local guy from Flushing. And, you know, you really put your career in jeopardy after that. I mean, without any disrespect, after the injury, you know, you really got a lot of playing time. It really wasn't the same for you after that, was it? Do you, any regrets at all, or how things turned out? I mean, you, you did what you had to do.
4: No, no regrets. You know, um, that's just baseball, man. And you know, yo referenced it earlier. When you're out there playing, you're just playing. Playing to win. You play long enough, you get hurt. Um, if you're lucky, you don't. But you know, all of us on this call have dealt with injuries, and um, you know that's what you get when you're a professional baseball player. So, um, you know, I think I think when you look back at a career, you just hope that. You played as hard as you could, you played to win every night. And then, you know, some of us have great success. Others have, you know, good careers and, you know, I I don't have any regrets about it. I don't know how it impacted, you know, my future, um, you know, performance, but um, it was a night uh, of of history that I'm very grateful to be a part of.
1: You know, let's go to 19. You get the first two guys out. Freeze comes up, a pretty good hitter. What was your feeling when called third strike, game's over, First no hitter out over eight thousand games. Unbelievable!
2: You know, I was I was so far up, not just because of uh, uh, you know we just accomplished you know as a, as a as a team, you know, and me personally, but what we did for the whole organization and the city. Because I knew at that point uh, what that meant to 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 New York, you know, and for Mets fans. And then to me, uh, when when I got when I got when Josh came over to me i was i couldn't believe we did it you know because it was so hard to do throughout the whole game just to survive through the whole game against the previous world champs and and on, not only that but with my uh coming back from surgery with all the stuff the game pri- pri- uh, uh, prior to 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 that one you know I, which I pitched a whole game you know all those things were together but i was i was so proud of everything that we accomplished that it was just – I was just full of joy and, and, and happiness, you know. I mean, I, I, that's how I was all the time. But that particular night, it was unbelievable. Going through the whole thing and to celebrate just one game, like we won the World Series, it, it was
1: unbelievable. Josh, what were your feelings, Josh?
3: Well, I uh, Gary Cederstrom was the home plate umpire, and I remember catching the last pitch on the swing and miss, and all I could think about was turn around to show him the ball to make sure uh, – I, I didn't miss anything, and then uh, then the party was on. It was, uh, again, I, a, a moment in my life that I will never forget, and I always tell people, it's like, whatever happens in your career, nobody can ever take something like that away from anybody that was a part of that game.
0: Hey, Terry, sign of relief for you? Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I mean, again, I was so proud of him, you know, because, you know, first of all, to pitch a no-hitter – and just like Yo started out, he said in the beginning, you know, he didn't have his best stuff that night. So to be able to maneuver through that lineup, which is a very, very good team and get to the ninth inning, uh, you know, it, it was so rewarding for him and I was so, so happy for him. And, uh, you know, I, I will tell you, I've been, I've seen a lot, you know, in the minor leagues, I've had no hitters, but to think that in the pitching rich history of the New York Mets, this is the only guy to do that. And it's, I mean, he held up today. It so may go forever. Who knows? But it's just, again, it just is a compliment to how hard he worked to get back. And then the pitch a no hitter was certainly, uh, certainly the, topped it all off.
1: Mike, you know what I remember with you? I remember going into the training room in the seventh or eighth inning. You were, your arm was in the cast. And and you said to me, do I need you for the interviews? And I was really hesitant to even ask you to come back to the locker room. But I knew you were in right a great deal of pain. You came back. You knew you were part of the game. And you. Sit in front of your locker in obvious pain, and uh, did did the interviews. What? how was it from your perspective, Mike? That night, in the end, I just I I was
4: so thrilled that um, you know I finished it off. You know um, that was that was that was just amazing. You know, and if there was one regret, it's that I wasn't able to be out on the field. You know, and celebrate (laughs) because I was stuck out. But um, you know, the party in the clubhouse was memorable. um, You know, it's just. You just want to remember nights like that. It's why you play, you know. I mean, it's just moments like that that are unscripted. It's what makes sports great. So, um, yeah, it's just unforgettable.
1: You know, I remember your speech. I think Jeff Wilpott gave you a big bottle of whiskey or something. And he came in and thanked the guys. And it was really a very touchy scene, you know. And you got everybody involved in the celebration. Remember that part of it?
2: Yeah, I remember, you know. Uh, tonight we made part of history, right. you know. And then, and then. And it was one of the best thing ever happened. Um, like I said, you know, if if I would have thought or picked a, a day to throw no-hitter, I would lie to you. There's just, just no way. It just happened as we were going along the game. But to celebrate with all of them, you know, it, it was great. It was a great feeling. Uh, I remember in that seventh inning when Mike crashed when, into uh, the wall. You know, right after I I went, I went to the training room to make sure, you know, to see how he was doing to the point that I forgot that I was I was on that de- on the on deck circle. the following You know, because I had to hit. And that was one of the, the the few times, not to say the only time that I didn't want to hit right in my career, because every time I wanted to hit. But that particular moment uh, when everybody was waiting, I was like, w- w- what's happening here? You know, and then I walked in. Uh, Everybody was happy. We were celebrating. I didn't. I didn't go back home until like I don't know one, two o'clock in the morning because all the interviews that we have to do. And I couldn't believe it, you know. But the most important thing is that that we did it together as a team. And 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 like Josh uh, said, nobody
1: will take that away from us. Never. Can Can I digress one second? A, a baseball question to each of you guys. Last night, uh, like Spencer Turnbull to the Tigers pitched a fifth no hitter. Maybe in six if you count Madison bump card is seven How do you count for the fact that probably around 40 games or so we've already had five no hitters already this season? That's crazy, isn't it? Maybe you guys take that what are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, I'll take my thoughts on it. And that is Jay, you know, the the days of guys, you know, when you're you you're part of a no you're getting no hit, all of a sudden you're thinking about I gotta put the ball in play, I gotta put the ball in play, those thoughts are gone now you know, that the thoughts today is I got to hit the ball over the fence. I mean, you know, and they don't cut their swings down. They don't try to go the other way. They don't, they don't go up there and say, Hey, look, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm seek out a pitch and put a good swing on it. It's, you know, and, and right now with all of the data that they're being given, they're going up there with doubt in their mind. Hey, am I going to get this pitch? Or am I going to get that pitch? And, you know, that's where I think today the game has changed so much that, you know, nobody's hey, It's not just about, put it in play and see what happens. You know, they, they're they being told, hey, look, we, we've got to put – every swing's got to be, you know, an aggressive swing. And I think uh, we're – you know, that's why I say what Johan did against the world champions is unbelievable because back then, they, those guys sprayed the ball all over the place. And so I just think right now what's happening, you're going to see more no-hitters this year. And
2: we're, not only that, I, w- I want to add something to it, you know, because I've been watching games and stuff, and the, the game the game has changed. There's no question about it. But to to the point of what Terry's saying, you know, all the shifting that is happening now. You know, you I mean, you see a great play from time to time, but most of the times you try you're trying to 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 get ahead of of a ball is going to be hit either in the gap or somewhere down the line or in in, in the gap in, in in the infield. So so that makes a big difference too. And and the other thing on that is that uh, uh, with the pitch count and the way everything is played, you know, you go pitching matchups now more than Hey, take the game as deep as you can and, and, and battle through it. You sometimes you're gonna see pitchers that only can face hitters twice, because by the third time, they're gonna get hit. So you get somebody else. And then that's what you're gonna see. You might see no hitters from now on that are combined, you know? And that will be it won't be something strange. I think that will be something that will happen sometime. time to time. Josh and Mike yeah, I And
3: and I I I yeah, I think guys, um, Well, personally, I I think guys are getting rewarded right now for swing and misses, right? As Terry mentioned, it's either over the fence or it's a punch out because of um, all the exit velocity stuff. I you know, I had played last year, was my last year playing, and that's the conversation is swing and miss versus put the ball in play at a low exit velocity. And I I, that's not the type of player that I was. That was hard. It was hard for me to adapt. And um, as, uh, as I told you guys earlier, that's probably why I'm uh, mowing grass and uh, cutting trees down right now. <laughs> Mike,
1: what are your thoughts?
4: Yeah, it's real. Um, and what it's going to be is a cycle. It's going to be a cycle of skill development because, you know, the young player right now, that's just entering the pro ranks in the, in the minor leagues, if he's coming out of high school or, or some colleges, you know, they're being taught this. So it's going to take a while to flush itself out of the system, but I promise you it'll come back. Um, it, it's not sustainable the way it is. The offense is at an all time low. The pitching has been weaponized to a level that it's um, it, it's, it's really, really far ahead of what the approach is at the plate. So, um, you know, just like every cycle of uh, of baseball, every team's looking for an edge. Um, you know, I've been saying it for a few years. I think, you know, the teams that are going to get out in front of this are, are going to recognize the, you um, the value of more of a traditional kind of offensive mindset and, and find a harmony between some of the new data, some of the new technology, but um, really start to rely on some wisdom of people that have an idea of how to attack
1: a pitcher. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of this, you know, I know Josh is a good friend of uh, Kevin Pillar. They have been talking about the, the last couple of days that pitchers, they were too much on velocity. A lot of They don't know where the balls are going. Do you think, The game right now that uh, you know is there's too much velocity, not enough finesse. You know pitching. I mean, you think that's a bad tendency too now? Yeah, yeah. yeah, Well, this this,
3: this is this is
2: what I this is what I'm gonna say. Look back on history. You know, you have to look back in history because when you're talking about speed, maybe you're talking present future, but when you look in the past, uh, I really believe, and I still to this point believe on 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 changing speeds. You know, because keeping hitters off balance. That's what made made it for me. So keeping hitters off balance, it's, it's an important thing because then they're not comfortable. Now, how you keep hitters off balance by, by, by changing speeds. And then you're gonna see that, that that's a pitch that you use a lot. Uh, so when you look back in history, you're gonna see that great pitchers have not only a, a good fastball, but it has a second and a third pitch that sometimes that pitch become maybe the pitch to go to, you know, when you have in that situation. Now with everything that the, all the tracking that they have, uh, the selection of the pitch is made even before the ball is thrown. I mean, or or, or be, before the game is even played. That's what I meant, you know. Whereas when you when you when you are on the mound and you pitching, and that's the difference from from, from being a, 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 a middle of the rotation to a top starter to back of the rotational starter. You know, you take charge. And that's why your, your, your language and your communication with your catcher is important. Because your catcher needs to have the ability to understand what's happening with you, how you feel, how you, he's how catching all those pitches and what the pitches are doing. Because just because a, 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 a tracking or a, a scouting report is saying that at that situation, you gotta throw a, a fastball opening or down and away it might not be your best pitch at that time. So you have to have that communication and the feeling as a pitcher. That's how I did it for my whole career. And I guarantee you, if you look back, you're going to ask a lot of pitchers and they're going to tell you the same thing. Nowadays, I've seen pitchers that are waiting for somebody else to tell them what to do instead of taking charge right away. And catchers are always looking in there to see what, what they're going to do. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, might, I might be old school or whatever you want to call it, but I've seen it. I've
1: seen them both. Yeah. Did Terry, Josh, and uh, Michael, do you guys have an opinion on that? Or?
0: Well, I think, yo know, number one, he's absolutely correct. Totally correct in what he just said. You've got, you know, I, I've always believed this. You know, I, thought, I think one of the mistakes we make in baseball is we try to make everybody something they're not. You know, there are, you, you are taught us, you have skills, so you have to maximize what you do best. And we spend so much time trying to get everybody well-rounded, you know, in the game today with the velocities increased with the way they are, everybody pitches up in the zone now. That's and So, you know, because, those because of the swing pass now, you, where they want to get, get the ball in the air, they can't get to that pitch for years ago. That ball was already up there. All you had to do is put a swing on it and, and backspin a ball backspin. So, and, so in, so in, Today's game and Joe's right. Hey, look, Jake Grom, you know, he do, do he does he use his slider very much anymore? Does he throw many change up? No, he's he relies now and on throwing a hundred the entire game up in the zone. And so the fact that he can locate it gives him some success. But it was so when you got guys that are throwing that hard who don't know where it's going, yeah, sometimes it's hard to hit, but that's where the danger comes in. You know, and, and you know, I, I just when I saw the pitch the other day, and especially in that situation, we know we, we didn't do it on purpose, but um, you're going to start seeing guys getting hit more and more because pitching in is now the thing to do. And I, I, I had a long conversation with Sandy Koufax one time who never pitched in, you know, <laughs> he didn't believe it. That's where you got hurt. If you, know, if you don't get it, you don't get it in, leave it on the plate. That's where you get hurt. And, and I think what Yo said is exactly, and if Mike's talking about cycles and I, I think he, hopefully he's right. We've got it's got the sickler's got to go back and we've got to get guys to start changing speeds. And you know, some of the greatest pitchers that I ever saw, they subtracted, they didn't try to add. And, you know, and that's uh and, and I think if the game gets back to that, the fans enjoy it more. I mean, I and I understand they love home runs. I get that, but boy, it's tough to, you know, at night you sit there and watch games and swing and miss, swing and miss, swing and miss. Swing and, miss. And, and I think, you know, the game for me, it's it's sometimes it's tough to watch. Yeah, Josh, yeah. I yeah, like I, I,
3: I have yeah. I, I have the same feeling, Terry. I, I do. Um, it is, it is sometimes painful to watch, you know, to piggyback off of Johan about taking accountability and, and also changing speed. They have these things, the wristbands now that, um, you don't call the game, the wristbands call the game. And sometimes it tells you never to throw a guy in off speed pitch, but what is, what is hitting or what is pitching is, changing speeds, changing eye levels. And you're told not to do that. So you just don't do it. And that's frustrating. It is. It's hard.
1: Mike, what do you think?
4: I think, you know, if you look back at the sinker slider era, you know, um, kind of when Josh and I were hitters in that league, um, you know, the hitters tried to jump out in front of that. And obviously you could develop a, a path to, you know, hit the ball hard, hit the ball out of the park. Um, and what happened then, I think both sides of the ball, right? The pitcher's reaction to that was, all right, we're going to elevate and we're going to pitch with power. And then the hitters on the other side of that, just as an industry, I don't think anybody's really um, recognized that, you know, when you prioritize power as a development of a hitter, you're just losing the skill to develop um, barrel skill and, and to develop, be able to deliver your barrel to multiple pitches. So both sides of the equation are chasing power. The pitchers are getting the reinforcement that yes, this works. And the hitters have not made that adjustment yet. And as more and more hitters are developing at a young age to try to impact the ball as hard as possible um, with minimal field to really deliver their barrel first. I think you've seen a stunt in hitting development and and it's really kind of showing now, um, years later at the major league level. Um, And until we get back to the basics of understanding the first step in developing a hitter is teaching him how to use his hands to deliver the barrel properly to become a marksman. And then the power will come later um, you know, I, I don't see the hitting side of this equation taking great
1: strides. Yeah. Hey, guys, before we wrap up, I just want to give everybody an update what everybody's doing. Terry's. you alluded to, doing TV work for Fox, and I said, why? Do you enjoy it?
0: I mean, that part of it? Oh, yeah, it keeps you in the game. I mean, you, you know, you, 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 I don't go – I'm not here to criticize anybody, but, I'm, you know, I think with my experience and what – you know, I try to relate to the fans. This is not an easy game. Uh, and I used to tell the players all the time, if this was easy, we'd be watching other people play it. I mean, these guys are so exceptionally talented. So to continue to be able to watch and be able to analyze it's it's a lot of fun for me. Yeah. And Mike, I know the uh, head recruiter, hitting uh, coach at Vanderbilt top by
1: the common rules. You enjoyed a college game, Mike, in, in, in a couple of years.
4: Yeah, I do. I do. And, and, and I cannot speak about what's going on in the big leagues. You know, I think my perspective is kind of telling you guys more, what I see at the amateur levels, you know, where I see kids kind of um, you know, maybe prioritizing the wrong things. I, I don't know enough about what's actually going on in the big leagues anymore to, to be a, a good source of reference on it. But
1: can I ask you about one of your pictures? Uh, Mr. Jack Leiter, son of Mr. Al. I hear Al is a frequent visitor to 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 watch you guys play a lot. Is he you ever get to talk with Al at all?
4: Yeah, Alex here. He
1: doesn't miss it.
4: So <laughs> he's he's got the charts going, he's got it all. So um Jackson, he's doing great. He's a wonderful kid. He's a he's a great competitor like his dad and, and he's got a very, very bright future. We're happy yeah.
1: you know he's here. Yeah, you got a great program. Best of luck going forward in the, in the playoffs and everything. And Josh, and you me. you're in the medium, Mr. Tully, you have your own podcast and tell what you tell the fans what your name of your podcast is.
3: Yeah. So I'm uh, I actually just been kind of helping um, kind of co-host uh, Ricky Romero's podcast and it's called Let's Go Ricky Rowe. So uh, we do that uh, once a week. And then uh, I've been doing a little radio stuff uh, out of Toronto, off and on. So um, I think once uh, the dust settles here and I can uh, get my kids organized and all of that, uh, I, I also kind of want to follow the path that uh, Terry's heading. I, I do enjoy uh, the, the radio and the TV uh, gigs. It, it, it's fun to watch a game and, and give your perspective of uh, to just to remember exactly how hard this, uh, how hard this game is.
1: Yeah. And Johan, I know you did a little TV work with the twins. Do You ever do that again, or you think you might want to do coaching at some point? I know you just be, you're taking care of the kids at Fort Myers. What are your I thoughts? T- t- on-
2: i tell you what, my doors are always going to be open. You know, I think, uh, staying with, within baseball somehow, uh, is something that, uh, that, uh, I might do in the future. Uh, I had a really good time with the twins doing the TV and spring training. And, uh, hopefully, you know, in the future we'll, we'll do more games, uh, I'm just hanging out home with my family and my kids. And then for the first time ever, I had that experience as a coach because I, I had a chance to be the middle school pitching coach for my son's team at school. So, How <laughs> did you do? Good? you got to take a place. Take a place. It's oh, not easy, first loser. Actually, first loser. <laughs> well, I started the right way. I mean, nobody start around the top, okay? So, But I'll tell you one thing. Uh, it was fun. It was fun because, because not only as a, as, a, as a parent, you know, to see your son in the game. My son is not uh, the best player by any means, you know, but he wants to play. But the thing is, the other kids, they didn't even know who I was, which I was, I was like, perfect, you know, this is perfect, you know. Mm-hmm. But to teach them how to play and, 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 and help them how to get better, help them realize, you know, put that in, 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 in their heads, how you approach the game that regardless of 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 the level of the game whether it's in the big leagues or in uh, uh, you know in high school college or, or middle school backyard it's still a game and you got to have fun so to me it, it was a great experience and i'm looking forward to so i started i started as a coach i don't know how far i'm going to go but uh terry I already
1: started somewhere you know so middle right, school, yeah so we go from there <laughs> yeah. well guys this has been a big thrill for me uh it's really a thrill to All you guys be able, always be a part of Mets history. June first, two thousand twelve, will never be forgotten by any Mets fan or baseball fan. I want to thank you guys for your time. Be healthy, be safe, and hopefully, I get to see you guys soon one day down hey, the road. hey
0: guys, great to see you. Really great to see you. Yeah, yeah see you. For this nice work, together.
1: guys. Yeah. Hey, uh, nice work.
2: Hey, uh, Tolly, remember this: it is not for everybody. <laughs> We love you guys. I love you, man. Thank you, everybody. It's great right. to
1: meet
2: everybody. To Be well. Guys. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution.